Yo, dude, hey. Dude, hey, dude, hey, can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? I hear you perfect. Man, that's awesome. Thank you for agreeing to do this. I know that we're on the uh, the other side of the world, you know, quite literally on, on the opposite sides of the planet right now. So this is crazy. It's amazing that you've uh, you've agreed. Thank you. No problem. I'm glad to do it, man. Yeah. So we we know each other for some time now. I mean, it's crazy that I mean, it just goes to show the power of the because you you guys. I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you you're originally from is it Hialeah? Hialeah. Yeah. Hialeah. It's 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 um it's within Miami. So I'm I. I like to say that I'm from Miami, but specifically like my little area of Miami, like a little subsection of Miami, it's it's Hialeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I've never been, so <laughs> I need to come out and visit you one day. Yeah, definitely, man. Miami's great, and I got to go over there too. It's it's on my bucket list of of goals. I want to travel to the UK and and meet you and and the rest of KTW. Exactly, exactly. And also, you can you can wrestle uh, like indie matches over here. Like the fans, the the British fans are uh, they're, they're crazy. Like they they love like yeah, they're they're very similar to the, the New York crowd. You know, they're all they they all think they're smart and they all love to just get super interactive. And the, some of the chants are just insane. But it, you know, it's fun because it's wrestling, right? It's great. It's always great, man. I yeah. love it. I love every second. So I wanted to ask you, of course, you know, we, we've known you. I think I first had met you in 2006. And I think you were HRA champion at the time. And you cut a promo. And in your promo, you mentioned my name. And I was like, whoa, shit, no way. And then we discovered HRA. And, you know, when, when me and my friends were, were sat around, of course, my friends were other backyard wrestlers. So we would always keep an eye out on, you know, competition and other guys who were doing their thing. And you guys were not only doing your thing, but you guys took it to the extreme level. I mean, when I, from what I remember, some of your events, you had light tubes, you had barbed wire baseball bats, you know, you were wrestling in the rain. Like there were so many cool things that you did. But going back to the beginning, could you tell me how that all started? Where did you discover wrestling and wh where did your love for it begin? Wow. Um, I believe I had to have been maybe eight. I don't know. I would have to have been seven years old. Uh, the earliest memory of wrestling that I can remember is just my dad, my, my mom and my dad flipping through the TV, the TV channels. And he stopped at, it was Monday Night Raw. And then I just remember seeing The Rock and Kane, like, doing a promo. And they were advertising that, like, as the, for the main event of that Raw. And I was just, like, psyched out over how Kane looked. And then The Rock, like, I had always known kind of who The Rock was, but I had never seen wrestling, like, for myself. And that was the first time that I got a first glimpse of of wrestling that that little segment 
on Raw. That was my first time. And, and of course, when you see something like that, it's everybody has their first moment. When did you start to kind of make friends? You know, who were also into the the industry, who were also fans. You know, guys like KOM. Where where did you meet them? The first person I met <clears throat> was KOM. Uh, I met him in the sixth grade. Um, I met him. We kind of always argue about how we met because he has his own version. I have another version. <laughs> he claims to have met me. Um, I was sitting next to him, and then I was impersonating. I was like copying word for word an Armageddon promo, and and. I, I just remember doing like impressions of, of wrestlers just, you know, for shits and giggles uh, for my friends. Mm-hmm. We were just laughing. And then he was the only one that really talked to me about wrestling. And then so like that was just right there, just became my little wrestling buddy. We had homeroom together and we sat next to each other. So every every day we would just talk about our favorite wrestlers. He was a He was a WCW kid growing up and I was always – the WWF kid, so we'd always go back and forth, and <laughs> wow. so that that was that was the that was the very beginning. That was the very beginning, and then the birth of uh, HRA came just like a few months after that. It actually and how started. Did that all come it it together? actually started. Um, it came together. Who came up with HRA? That's a good question, actually. Who came up with the name Hardcore Razzle in Action? Um, it was me and it was me and KOM. We argued a lot about it. Um, <laughs> we came up with it. We didn't have a name for it at first. It started. We say that our first show ever was the day of WrestleMania 20 because that was the first yeah. day that he had ever come over to my house, and it was just me him and maybe, like, three other friends from school, and we were, like, 11 and 12. So we're just literally rolling around and just chasing each other in the backyard and just literally just rolling around in in the grass. And then it was so much fun. We did it every weekend for 10 years almost. But what's crazy is that you guys took it to a whole new level because I don't want to talk, you know, I don't want to badmouth myself, but when we wrestled, we used mattresses, <laughs> you know, and, and fair enough, like we did some crazy spots and stuff, but I, I was watching HRA. You guys legit took bumps on the ground, on like grass and like, you know, the only thing I could see was some boxes on the ground and things like that. So what was that? What was that like? Like, how did you, who, who came up with the whole idea that this is going to be hardcore and we're going to take, you know, full on bumps on the ground? Where did that all start? Um, it was never really a decision to wrestle on the ground. Like we, we, just, we would just wrestle on whatever patch of grass and it was never really, no one ever brought up that question like, oh, shouldn't we be using a, a mattress or anything? No, we just, we just went, we went out there and just did what we loved doing. We wrestled around in the grass and, and that was it. Um, the decision to go hardcore was, um, it was mostly me. Anything that has to do with hardcore like I'm pretty much like behind that because KOM is not big on hardcore uh, wrestling. That's mm. why, like, if you if 
if you pay attention to our videos, he's never taken a light tube. He's never been hit with mm. barbed wire. He wears long sleeves. He hates getting mm-hmm. cut. Like, you know, the hardcore stuff. Um, that was just like progress, man. Like we didn't, you know, we started off with uh, plastic water jugs and little mailboxes and sticks, literally. And I don't know. We just kind of just, I've always been a hardcore wrestling fan. I used to watch old ECW tapes that my uncle had. And, and I don't know. We just kind of just blend. Nice. We blended everything together. And that's just kind of how it came about. Yeah, well, I mean, you're absolutely right. KOM was a good storyteller. Uh, from what I see, I mean, his promo skills, you know, they're, they're really good. And that I, I assume that was his main thing. Whereas, of course, with you, your, you know, your promos are, are, are amazing as well. But as you said, you're, you're more willing to kind of do the daredevil stuff. And you guys did, man. You guys were smashing light tubes over people's heads and, and things like that. Hey! I, I know that I went through a phase where I was watching a lot of CZW. So I kind of had that same admiration and influence. But I never had the ball kind of to go ahead with it you know, to that extent. Um, we took a few hard bumps, but never quite that. And that, I think that's what made HRA special. That's what made me a fan of what you guys did, you know, was, was the, the, the bumps and, and the being able to kind of do that. You know, that was kind of, not many kids are, have the balls to kind of go out and do that. But how did HRA develop into like a, a full-on backyard wrestling company? How did you, how did the shows kind of, evolve and and grow over time because i noticed that you did many many hell's mania like you did multiple events it was like a yearly thing wasn't it yeah it was actually a yearly thing around wrestlemania time Um, how many did you do eight we did eight hell's manias wow yeah yeah i was just talking to kom i I was telling him if we would have stayed like on the Oh, I think it's gone silent there. I can't hear anything. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Um, I was talking to KOM the other day. I, I was telling him, if, had we stayed having Hell's Mania once a year up until now, we'd be mm. at our 17th Hell's Mania. Our last Hell's Mania was at 2011. Um, Jeez. Yeah, no. Uh, we decided to start having monthly shows like around 2005. This was before we started recording. Uh, we just, we sat down. We were like, look, let's just have this. Let's just do this once a month. And we sat down and mm-hmm. we wrote down a bunch of ideas for pay-per-view names. And uh, then I just started recruiting people at, at school. And <laughs> most of the time they were hit or miss. But you know, that's just kind of how it started. It was, it was always me and KOM making the, the, the decisions and anybody that wanted to come over and wrestle with us, you know what I mean? We're, they, were cool, mm-hmm. they were cool with it. As far as they were concerned, they were just coming over and just wrestling, you know, just hanging out and wrestling on the grass. But me and KOM, were, we were really the only ones that ever took it, like took it really serious and, and created these little divisions mm-hmm. and these little belts and, and storylines and stuff like that. 
Who was the final champion of HRA before it closed? The final, well, we had um, we had an HRA champion, and we had an HRA world heavyweight champion. Uh, but the main champion was always the HRA champion. KOM ended up becoming the, the final champion. Wow. Yeah, I decided to give it to him. I wanted, I, I don't know, I, I feel like with HRA, I didn't want it to be like the the good guy wins at the end of the day. Like I just wanted it to be like the villain wins. That's kind of how HRA has always been. Kind of, we we always look at yeah. yourself like a heel type type of company, and we just like to be different. So we wanted the the villain to kind of have the last laugh, and then should we ever have another show, um, it would work. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, it makes sense, man. I mean, we, we had a similar thing because Ross Bain was the guy that was essentially booking uh, all the KTW shows. He was more or less the, you know, the guy that ran it. And he was always willing to kind of put people over at the end. And when we came to the end of KTW, he, he, he gladly kind of, we did a whole program where he put me over in the end. And I remember thinking like, wow, like what, you know, I wonder why, like, I wonder why he made that decision. And it, it kind of, it kind of goes full circle to what you said. It's like, you want to do something slightly different and there's a, a certain story you want to tell. So you don't just want to have it, you know, the typical happy ending or, right. you know, or you don't want what people will think, you know, you want to kind of go against the grain a bit. So because no, that's cool. You know, man. Cause it's the last show, but you'll never know. So you always want to leave. True. You always want to leave the door kind of creaked open for it to, for it to happen again if it ever comes to pass. You know what I mean? That is true. Yeah. Where, where? When did you? When did you first discover like us and like you know KTW and other guys kind of you know around the world? Uh, that was KOM's doing. KOM found KTW. Um, we had just created the HRA MySpace page, and we were just. Yeah, we were just uh, looking for other backyard companies, man, just to kind of just share, <laughs> just to just kind of share like our videos and you know cut promos. And K2W was one that just just stuck. Y'all stuck with us from the beginning, and yeah. that was that was that was how we met. That was that was how HRA came to meet K2W was through MySpace. Classic MySpace, man. Yeah. Oh man, I wish I never deleted my MySpace. I deleted it in like 2009 and I regret it so bad. I still have my MySpace page. I, wish I just I, I just it. can't I just can't get into it. I think KOM still has access to the HRA MySpace though. No way. Yeah. I'll never forget the That's first pretty sick. the first KTW video. I saw you guys use the bodies from Johnny Pool. Yeah, I remember. I think, oh yeah, I think, yeah, and I think I remember yeah. a big old power bomb through a table. Um, I don't remember if it was on fire. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure. I don't think so. And then another famous video I saw was uh, somebody getting thrown off the balcony. I think it might have been Bane yeah. <laughs> or somebody. Somebody got yeah. thrown off a balcony. And I don't know if those were like a hardcore. Oh no! Actually, it was it was Mark. It was Marcus Joe. He got thrown off the balcony. Okay, that was an awesome video. Yeah, <laughs> I remember marking out for that. One, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but so you guys obviously you did HRA for a while, and it was 
you know, as you said, you and KOM were the guys that spearheaded it. You guys were like the 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 kind of the rock and Austin in a way. Yeah. But how did that help you transition into pro wrestling? Because you also have had a pretty pretty decent career on the indie circuit. You know, so how did that when did you make the decision to go, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to stop backyarding and now I'm going to train or now I'm going to start doing, you know, pro shows. When did that all begin? Um, it began in late 2008. We had um, we had a friend there. He wasn't in HRA. He was he was part of another uh, backyard bed, but in the same town as as us and they were older and then mm. they were the ones that kind of helped us push our hardcore you know little thing we had going on like to the limit like they inspired us to start using the barbed wire and the light tubes and one of the guys the main guy his name was david he passed away that year he passed mm. away that year and um, he was like an older brother to me I know him for a year, but he was oh man, he was an older brother to me. He was only nineteen; I was sixteen at the time. But um, he passed away, and then through one of his friends, I'm sorry to hear. Yeah, uh, through one of his friends, uh, I found out that there was a, a wrestling school about forty five minutes away from where I was living at. So me and uh, Diablo, which is David Rivera, and a couple of other guys, we decided to go up there and check it out. And yeah, it just it's history from there. I started training like the first week of 2009. Um, I didn't want to stop backyarding. I was still having my backyard shows and I was kind of forced to stop. Um, I had my first indie match in May that year. It was like 50 seconds. Mm -hmm. It's 50 seconds long. And then I stayed having backyard shows all the way up until August of that year, 2009 which was the HRA finale show. And then mm -hmm. I, I just kind of stayed doing the indie stuff strictly for a while. Then I had another backyard show, like behind my promotions back. And then they told on me and I got in trouble. And then I was kind of blackballed a year later after that for, for a couple Shit, yeah. no way. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't. Why would they, why would they, why did they have a problem with that? With the backyarding? I don't know, man. It just makes, it just makes them look bad. Makes it look... I don't know. I, you know, honestly, I have nothing against backyard wrestling. Like, I, I really don't. I really don't see what the big deal is. But I guess it's like, yeah, it has to do with their image, or, or they kind of take it like, you know, these little kids doing what we train, what, what they train so hard to do. And I don't know. It's just a bunch of red tape, a lot of politics and stuff. They just don't like backyard wrestling. It's frowned upon over here in the in the indie scene. And um, there was a match. I was supposed to win my first championship in the Indies against this uh, against mm. this uh, this other wrestler. He ended up having appearances on Raw, like jobbing to um, Enzo Amore and Big Cass, and then other guys that have that mm. were MLW and, and and made NXT appearances. Like I've wrestled guys that have gone on to like. WWE tryouts and tapings and stuff like that. But I was facing one of these guys and I was supposed to win a championship. And then that same day they found out, they found out that I had another wrestling, another backyard wrestling show. And they just decided to put him over instead of me. And then at that point, oh, I man. was just like, man, that sucks. 
and then so I just kind of left wrestling for a good three years before I came back. But that same year that I was blackballed, I think I had maybe two more shows just because I was mad and I was like, you know what? It's unlikely I'll ever go back to pro wrestling, so I'm just going to have these two more shows. That's what I ended up doing. And then like a, a year or two later, I ended up coming back to the uh, that promotion, that same promotion. But what was it like when, I mean, did, did the people, when you first started training, did they find out about HRA or like, did they judge you or did you just kind of keep quiet about it and not really kind of talk about it? Or were you more vocal? Were you like, look, this is what I do. This is my background, you know, accept it. You know, it, it, what, how did you kind of, you know, portray yourself with that? I was... I was vocal and I didn't give a damn who liked it or not, which immediately got me backstage heat from the minute I started training. I was like, look, this is what I do. I like hardcore wrestling. And, and some of the, some of the wrestlers kind of already knew, like they knew me before I started to train, you know, and and there's a lot of running of the mouth backstage all the time and wrestling. And so it it was no secret. Like, and I didn't, I didn't bother to keep it a secret either. I was, I was pretty out there with it and I was really defiant. I didn't, damn mm. about what anybody thought you know so it was never a secret mm. no i mean you you did the right thing you know uh when i started training like for pro wrestling i kept really quiet about the backyard wrestling like i never told anyone because i, I didn't want to be judged like i didn't want them to judge me and then as time went on i was like you know what like I don't give a fuck. Like you know, whatever. Like who who cares? Like I don't care what they think. Or you know, it, it, I I believe that some of the best wrestlers come from the backyard. I mean, even guys like Hardy Boys and stuff. You know, popular guys like they they all backyarded at one point or another. So I yeah, I mean, you did the right thing. Like you you were you stood up for for who you were and and you know what your background was. So. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you were doing the pro shows, did you notice that there was, like, politics? Like, did you get along with the guys, or, or was it hostile? Like, what was the atmosphere like? Um, well, when I started, I mean, I was still a teenager. I was 16, 17. Um, they just kind of looked at me like, you know, like pretty much what I was. I was pretty much just a nobody, just a kid, just wanted to wrestle, getting his, mm. his relatives to come check out his matches. and um, I did get under a lot of people's skin uh, just by not giving a damn and just advice that they would give me I didn't take, which I wish I would have taken. But, um, you know, naturally, I just have something about me that people don't like. Like to this day, you know, there's just people in, in the locker room that don't like me and I don't like them. And nothing about that is ever going to change. So I always just stay – I stay who I am. And I don't really, I don't really change for nobody. There's, there's a lot of wrestlers, no doubt, that yeah. that like me for it, and and they've been like a mentor to me. But I mean, like I said, like from the beginning, you know, I've always been, I've always been me, and I'm, and and one thing about me is, I say and do whatever the hell I want. So, you know, some people don't like that. Well, you know what? If they don't like that, then you know they know what to do right <laughs> so uh, the, the the most important thing is you know you stay true to yourself and i think that's what allowed you to have uh, at least from my point of view a, a, a really good backyard career 
and a, a fairly decent pro career. And we, you know, it's as you said, like you started at sixteen, so it's still early days. Like we, we both have plenty of time ahead of us. So, um, and I know that you've briefly told me you have some some plans, like you know, gimmick wise and and things like that for when you kind of go back. So, do you think are you looking forward to kind of going back to wrestling and and kind of kickstarting that whole career again? Definitely. Um... Gangrel has a school about maybe 45 minutes from my house. And I want to just start new, man. Because, yeah, really? Gangrel has a wrestling school. Fuck, yeah, local. yeah, very local. Very local. And um, I'm, I'm just going to try and do everything right, man, because I did make a lot of mistakes. You know, I did stay true to myself, but I did make a lot of reckless mistakes. I did things I should have done. And I truly feel had I, had I mm. taken it more seriously, had I trained harder, had I had I worked harder, been more humble, been more a little bit more respectful, um, you know, I really think I would have made it pretty far. Um, I think like right now I'd be like at a big, I'd be peaking right now. But because of certain decisions I've made in my life, I'm not mm-hmm. there. But um, one good thing is, um, you know, I've learned a lot from those mistakes, and I'm still young. I'm still in my twenties, so. It, it's, it's exactly for me to to start over and to start doing things right and start taking things more seriously so yeah my plans are my plans are for um for wrestling is to go back as soon as i can and start training with with one of the best yeah exactly and no that's that's i mean honestly it, that's the perfect plan so there's there's no doubt you know that it will go ahead as planned and and hopefully one day me and you can do a match that would be freaking there, awesome if we could put on there a is show no hopefully you know? it's gonna happen it'll happen <laughs> <laughs> yes i like it yeah it's true in your pro career how how many matches did you have like how, how long because i've only seen little kind of clips i've never seen like a, a big amount how, how many how long did it go for uh, what do you mean? How long did what go for my matches? Like, how long were my matches? Yeah, uh, no, like your 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 pro career. So, how many how many shows did you do? Um, man, I think I've done probably between thirty and, and fifty. Between thirty and fifty shows, because again, I, I there was a time there was a time that nice. I stopped wrestling. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, yeah. Towards the end, um. I, I stopped wrestling in 2017, in 2017, but that year I was kind of picking up some yep. momentum. Like I was picking up um, bookings a little bit far from home, still within my state, but I was traveling three to five hours mm. for for a show for absolutely no money, but just to get my name out there and and um, a lot of the a lot of the bigger guys that have gone out to NXT and wrestled for MLW. They liked me and they liked disaster. Who's another HRA guy that they constantly put me and him together one-on-one um, at the indie shows. Like they just loved seeing us work. So he would have to be like my favorite opponent of all time. So I want to give him a shout out. Me and him, we tear the house down every time. And we were the pre-match, we were oh, the pre-match cool, show every single time. And we, we would kill it. And the promoters loved it. And and they booked us at other promotions to face one another. So, but to answer your question, between thirty and fifty matches, I, I would say that I've had. I only have like maybe ten of them on YouTube. Yeah, 
But, you know, when you love it and you have a passion for it, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter if you do one match or a billion matches. And it doesn't matter if it's in front of, you know, five people or 500. When you love it, you know, it, it just, it, it doesn't, nothing else matters, nothing. right? Nothing in the world, man. Just being, just being inside that ring, like that's all I need. That's all I need, whether it's two people or I've wrestled in front of two people and I've wrestled in front of a good one one to 200 people would I would be my biggest audience mm-hmm. and it's the same every time and I, my music plays I, I step out of that curtain and you know it's cliche every wrestler says it but it's true man like it's just magic like something just takes over you so a, a switch goes off true. and you just do what you love it's like a tunnel vision you're, you're focused on your opponent your match and you're just focused on, on on just putting on a show for everybody and for you because I like to have matches that I like to watch. I like to put Very on a match true. that I like to watch myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you ever do anything with KOM in the the pro the pro kind of industry? No, KOM is not a wrestler. He's a he's a ring announcer and a commentator. But and I don't want to spoil anything or give too much detail. But we're working on something. We're working on something in me. Me and Kayla, we're gonna <laughs> nice. be, we're gonna we're gonna work something out together. That's all I'll say. Nice. I look forward to seeing that. The thing is, like the hardcore HRA fans, they'll know. Like they'll see that. They'll see you guys, and they'll they'll know. So that that's pretty cool, actually. And it's nice to hear that when you were doing the the shows, there was the other you know HRA guy as well. You know, I bet you guys kind of stick together and, and it's a good feeling when, you know, a fellow friend from the backyard actually kind of t- follows through and, and joins yeah, you. It's, it's a brotherhood, man. Like we're, we're family, no matter what, we're, we're a family. Yeah. Matter. You know, there, there are times mm. where um, rarely, rarely there's a time, but me and Kim are, are constantly in contact. Um, other guys, not so much, but we're still family, man. Anytime we get a chance to get together, we make it happen. Man, that's the best way for it to be. You know, I have the same thing, you know, with, uh, with guys like Ross Bain and stuff, you know, it's, it's hard to stay in touch, but when you do, it's like, it's like you just seen them yesterday, you know, nothing changes. So yeah, I'm, I'm not going to keep you much longer now. You know, that, I, thank you for your time. Uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll call it. I know you're a busy guy, so uh, I'll leave it here. But thank you for, for joining with me. Thank you for kind of talking to me about that. Um, it's always good to get in the mind of a, a backyarder because we're, we're both cut from the same cloth. You know, we both have the same background, even though we're on, you know, two other corners of the planet which is freaking awesome when you think about it, you know? So uh, it's, it's, it's always great to talk to somebody that has been on both sides, the backyard side, and actually successfully ran a backyard company, but then at the same time was pretty successful in the pro ring as well. So thank you, Dude Hate. And uh, can we, can we oh, is it safe to say that we're going to see Dude Hate again in the ring sometime in the future? 100%, you know it. You know and is it safe to say that one day we'll see Dude Hate versus Jay Lamrod? Yeah, and it's also safe to say that at the end of that match, Dude Hate will be the one with his hand raised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we'll uh, we'll have to see about that. <laughs> yeah, for sure, my hey, but thanks for having me.
We'll, we'll, we'll cut a few promos beforehand, just like Definitely, old times. Man. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Thank you, dude. Hey, thank you very much. You Have too. a great day. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye.